My name is Jared Nelson. I'm the youth pastor here. Uh, for those who are new with us today, and for those who don't know who I am, so nice to see you. How's everybody doing this morning? Good. Good. I am extremely tired. I've only gotten like three hours of sleep because the alarms at... I also work at YFC here in town, and the alarms went off at like one in the morning, and so I had to go over there and handle all that, and so I only got like three hours of sleep last night, so I've had a lot of coffee this morning, so if you just see me just like shaking up here, it's the coffee kicking in, just FYI. So anyways, um, yeah. Uh, if you're new with us today, there's Bibles at the end of the rows. Um, if you don't own a Bible, that's our gift to you. Um, yeah, take it. There, if there's not enough at the end of the rows, there's also some Bibles in the back. Um, but I want to start off with um, with all, just thanking you guys, thanking you, you Church Project for an amazing time that we had a road trip to St. Paul's last week. You guys did awesome. I, I I've been bragging to all my friends that aren't a part of Church Project that are around the world and saying, dude, this church is awesome. When you come back to visit Greeley, you have to come. Not because I just go here, but because looking at how we interacted with that church and how we empowered them and and encouraged them was awesome to be a part of. And I'm proud to say that I am a part of this movement of Church Project. You guys were you guys were gracious, generous, kind, and loving during this, and you guys understand the capital C church. So thank you. Um, also, in that, Permans, thank you so much. Where are you guys? Permans? Oh, of course. Well, the Permans are helping out even more in the children's ministry, but they hosted our, our first. Uh, summer barbecue this year, and so if you guys all went there, awesome. Unfortunately, my wife and I couldn't go because we had prior engagements, but um, you guys, community is so important to us here at Church Project, and, and thank you for, for going to the barbecue and being a part of that. Um, for those who don't know what house churches are and would like to be a part of house churches, um, talk to the Permans, um, or talk to uh, me or Jeremy <laughs> right now, just looking around the room, trying to find other leaderships that might know, or, or the uh, Davidsons. You guys could raise your hands. You guys are house church pastors, so you guys could talk to them about getting plugged in. Um, yeah, and so, as some of you guys have noticed, Aaron isn't here this morning with us. I'm preaching. Oh, yeah. Um, also in that, um, so Aaron isn't here because he's actually um, at the Church Project Network Retreat hope I got that title right. Um, so once a year, um, all the all six house or all six church projects uh, places get together, and right now they're in Houston. And so it's Houston, North Con- Conroe, Conroe. Am I saying Conroe? Conroe, Dallas, Cincinnati, Aurora, and Greeley. And they get together to plan the network of the churches together, and they worship together. And it's just an awesome time to see how Church Project is growing um, steadily and um, slowly, um, both domestically and globally. And it's just awesome to see that. I don't know. I get excited about stuff like that. I, I, I get pretty excited about a lot of things, though, you know? So, but uh, anyways, so not only is Aaron gone, but my other boss, Ryan, who is the executive director of Northern Colorado Youth for Christ, he's also gone. And so 
today might get a little weird, and because I don't have any bosses over me today. So, um, yeah, anyway, so with Ron, oh, yeah, ooh, forgot about my wife. Um, no, that's why my parents came. They saw, they're like, oh, man, you know what? Jared doesn't have anybody to watch. Go up there and spank him if he needs it, you know? So my parents are here. Um, anyways, uh, not that Ryan or Aaron spanks me, but <laughs> anyways, so, right, I told you, I warned you guys, it might get weird. Um, anyways, with Ryan, I've known Ryan for about 16 years. Um, I'm actually, uh, he, he was my mentor a lot through high school and middle school, and um, it's been such a great time getting to know him and building friendship and then coming together and working together. But in 16 years of knowing each other, sometimes I forget that he's my boss. And when we have discussions, sometimes they get loud. <laughs> um, and in this, like, we've had plenty of conversations of how to do ministry, of how to do things, and especially when we're both stressed out with situations like prom, things we start getting kind of loud in our conversations with each other. And, we're, and other people are like, you guys are saying the exact same thing. You're just saying it differently, and we're like, what are you talking about? But um, in, in looking back on that, I start looking and seeing how my time and my conversations with him and looking and seeing how, yeah, we were saying the same things just differently and, and seeing how I should have grown in um, not getting as heated in the moment as um, I tend to do sometimes. And it actually reminds me of a story in the Bible that we're going to read today. Um, so if you guys want to open up your Bibles to Acts 6, um, 12 through 15 is what we're going to be doing. On the, on, in the blue Bibles, it is on page 631. <clears throat> and let me, let me paint the picture while you guys are getting there real quick. Is um, So... In this time, in, in so far we've seen in Acts the, the, the coming of the church. It's this, this new thing that hasn't really been done before. And these disciples went out and they anointed or um, helped grow other leaders in the church other than just the 12 disciples. And one of these people is Stephen. So, okay, first off I want to point out, I have asked about seven different pastors, and I have, re- like, had the Bible reading app, right? And it's both pronounced Stephen and Stephen. So bear with me if you're like, hey, that was actually Stephen. I'm like, well, you know what? It's, everybody has a di- No, tomato, tomato. I'm just kidding. <laughs> but, um, yeah, anyways, so let's read today. So, and they stirred up the people and the elders and the scribes, and they came upon him and seized him and brought him before the council. And they set up false witness who said, This man never ceases to speak words against this holy place and the law. For we have heard him saying that the Jesus of Nazareth, Nazareth will destroy this place and will change the customs that Moses delivered to us. And gazing at him, all who sat in the council saw that his face was the face of an angel. So when I first read that, I was like, there are a lot of ands in that verse. 
that is a that is a run-on sentence if I've ever seen one. And you know, I, I'm not always the best writer myself, and my wife is though. And every time I have her correct stuff, she's like, "You gotta learn how to put periods, man." And I say, "Hey, I'm just writing how they wrote in the Bible. It's more holy that way." Um, anyways, but to get back on on subject is, um, yeah. So here's this dude, Stefan who's probably on the spiritual high right now because, I mean, who wouldn't be? Here's 12 of the disciples that are laying their hands on him, that prayed for him, that anointed him, and said, hey, you get to go do what we're doing, and you're a leader now. And so, yeah, I would be pretty pumped. And now Stefan is going out and doing all these things, having doing miracles and pronouncing what Jesus has done, and then here comes the religious leaders. Oh, And in that, you know, if I was Stefan, I would be pooping my pants. I really would be because he, he, was, he probably saw what happened with Jesus. You know, he was there. It, it's not this like, oh, what's going to happen? Oh, here comes the religious leaders. This probably similar to the same religious leaders that took Jesus to one of the most brutal deaths known to mankind. And here Stephen is doing the exact same thing. And here comes the religious leaders to, to come get him. Unfortunately, in my line of work, with the kids that we, we work with, we, um, we work with a lot of teens that, unfortunately, deal with cops. <laughs> and this last Friday, I had, a, I had a witness, uh, a witness, a young man that I'm pretty close with, get arrested. And he, um, he did not go graciously. <laughs> but the cops were very gracious in that. In fact, I even told them, I was like, dude, you are lucky that these cops are in a good mood today because how you handled yourself was, it, I, there's no words to put, put to it. It was just like, that's, that's ridiculous. Why are you being this way if you haven't really, if you say that you haven't done anything wrong, why are you doing, acting like this? And so, you know, it's interesting that I'm reading this story of, of Stephen, right, and seeing how, he hasn't really done anything really wrong, but to the religious leaders, they see something wrong, right? And so, um, yeah, sorry, I'm like going off of my notes, and this is great. <laughs> um, yeah, and so I, in this, Stephen is, is sitting there, and if I was him, I would, I would be trying to be like, well, I'm not doing anything wrong, and, and trying to fight against it, and and telling them, like, hey, this is exactly what you guys did with Jesus, and, and you know, you brought him to his death, and you can't stop this, or whatever. Like, I would try to, and I would justify it, saying, I'm defending God. And I think sometimes, when we go through hard times in our lives, we try to defend things more than we should just learn how, what God is doing in the bigger picture of things. That's why I, I gave the example of me and Ryan, um, sometimes in that, you know, in our years, especially in my younger years of him being my mentor, looking back, I'm like, I see the bigger picture of what he was trying to teach me. At the time, I didn't want to hear it because our heart has everything to do with our ears. Where our heart is lies where truth is to us. See, when, when I have times that come to me and I don't want to hear it, it's because my heart's not ready to be open to it. The heart's not ready for the truth. 
So I pray that as we dig into this even deeper, that everybody's heart is ready for the truth today. Um, yeah. So. Yeah. So I, I told I told my viewpoint if I was Stefan. Now I'm going to tell my viewpoint because I love the story of of sorry Steph, Stephen. I keep on going back and forth. That's why. See, there's argument of what's pronounced. So if you hear me, just go with me. But um, if I was a religious leader and I wanted my traditions to go the w- in my ways more than I wanted to go in God's ways, um, and I saw Stephen doing what he was doing, of course I'm going to arrest him. Of course I'm going to bring him to trial. Of course I'm going to do this because in my heart, I don't want the truth. I want my way. And oftentimes, we, we in the church get that way. Oftentimes, I get that way of how I want my way. Oftentimes, even working with youth, if I'm honest, sometimes I want my way more than I want God's way. And, um, yeah, and so it, it's e- what's, what's hard, though, is when you want your way to just go against the grain, be a fish swimming, up, fish swimming upstream. And so what did the religious leaders do? It says that they went and stirred the people up because it's harder to move a crowd than it is to stop one man and, or a few men. But if the whole crowd goes and says, yeah, let's take this guy to trial, then yeah, everybody's going to listen. Nobody wants to go against a crowd of people. That's exactly what we saw with Jesus is the people said, hey, we want the, the murderer, and we want Jesus to go and die on the cross. So, verse 13. Um, let me read it real quick. Where am I? Yeah, verse 13. And then they set up false witness who said, this man never ceases to speak words against this holy place and the law. You see, they couldn't just say, hey, we don't like what Stephen's doing. We don't like what, what's going on here. They had to take it a step further and say, you know what? There's a little bit of truth in this, so let's make a lie out of it. And so, and that's kind of what lying is, is l- most lies are based around a little bit of truth. Um, I, I especially see this, especially when I was younger, um, with my parents and stuff of, you know, my mom especially would be like, all right, well, don't eat all the cookies in here. And I was like, okay. And I'd come back and be like, I didn't eat all of them. I left you one. So, <laughs> I, and, you know, she's like, well, that's not what my, I meant, you know. And, you know, and I knew, I knew back then, and I think we all know sometimes that we use people's phrasings against them to some degree in some shape, way, or form. And this is exactly what the church leaders were doing, is they were using the phrasing that Stephen was saying against him. Because what he was doing was they were accusing him of breaking the law, but he was being, he was acting in the law, right? Jesus came to fulfill the law, and the followers, the disciples, they were there to be like, hey, we're we're following the law. We're doing what the law was intended to do. 
but the religious leaders because they wanted their way and because their hearts weren't open to the truth said no. Verse 14. This is the, this is the time where one of Jesus' promises that he promised us, it, it finally comes into pass of that we will be um, accused um, in the same way that he was accused. Because verse 14 reads, For we have heard him say that this Jesus of Nazareth will destroy this place and will change the customs of the, that Moses delivered to us. This is the exact same thing that Jesus was accused for. The exact same thing. And Jesus said, hey, just so you guys know, you're going to be accused of the same exact thing that I'm accused for if you follow me and what I have called you to do. And so sometimes it's hard um, it's hard when we're going through hard times. It's hard when it feels like the world's against us. I don't know about you, but one of my favorite things to say when I feel like I can't get a break, like, oh, there's another thing. Oh, great, what, what else? What else is going to happen? Those are often things I say throughout my week because I'm trying to get my agenda done. Even with this with this individual, that kid that had to get arrested, uh, you know, his, his mom called me and told me that he was a runaway, and I was like, oh, great. Like, what, like what else? It's like 10 in the morning, man, and I already got something going on, and we're going to be here till 11 at night. But it's because I was trying to get my agenda done. I was actually trying to prepare for this message. <laughs> I was like, oh, touche. I see what you did there. <laughs> but, um, yeah, and and I mean, I love the story of Stephen, of Stephen, 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 because growing up, it's such a story of passion. It's such a story of like, for me, no longer has it become Jesus and the 12 disciples, but it's the first step of like, wow, it's actually somebody other than actually walking with Jesus. Because in my mind, if I were to be honest, like, yeah, it's easy to be a Christ follower when you followed him. <laughs> like literally they like walked and got caked in the dust of that Jesus was walking in, you know? It's easy to do that, but here's Stephen that didn't do that and he was kind of the first of us. You know? He was the first person to be like, "Hey, I believe you guys." And I love this because not only did he believe it, but he acted on it. Acted on it. It says earlier that he was full of grace and power. And I think that's what the key is to opening our hearts to the truth is being filled with grace and power. Grace is such a funny word to me because it's so powerful, has all different kinds of meanings in it. And grace itself is what Jesus did if you want to really look it up. You know, that's the, only, that's the best way I can describe grace is look at Jesus' life. He fulfilled grace. And, you know, going back to my perspective, if I was Stephen, that's the only way it makes sense without kicking and screaming is grace of like, oh, they probably don't know what they're doing. I can't say what he was thinking, but that's what I would be thinking if I was filled with grace and power is, oh, they probably don't know what they're doing. Okay, see where this goes. God, what do you want? Verse 15. 
this calmness about it, right? Instead of sometimes when we, we face adverse, adverse uh, ad, uh, crap. Thank you. Yep. Sorry, podcast people. Um, yeah. So when, when we face those, those issues in life, we tend to ask God, why? Why am I going through these times? Instead of, and we ask it with a different heart, right? Instead of saying, why do you want me to go through this? Okay. Because we're going to learn, I don't want to steal the thunder, but we're getting to the part of the story, right, that I love the most. And because of Stephen and his boldness and his braveness and his calmness and his graciousness, is that a word? I made it up. No, it's not. It is a word. I thought I made it up. I'm taking credit for it anyways. Um, he was able to set set the pavement for us and set this movement of what happened. You know, there. I don't want to say the New Testament wouldn't be written without him, but I question it. I'm like, if it wasn't for Stephen, would there be a New Testament? Because the person that was in the room that accused him of everything, got his life changed. The dude that was in the room, and we'll, we'll get to that in oh, a couple weeks, depending, depending on how quick we go. I mean, last time I preached, we were in chapter 3, now we're in chapter 6, so I mean, felt like forever ago to me. But anyways, and so, the reason why I like the story of Stephen in, in, in what he has done with with his life and his his sacrifice that we'll we'll see later, is I've always looked at it. I'm like, I want that, and I think deep down, all of us want that. We want to live for a bigger purpose than just ourselves. We 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 strive for that. It's to our deepest core. You know, last week I shared about superheroes for the Amago, and how the superheroes live for a bigger calling than just their lives. In fact, they sacrifice their lives. But, and if you read a comic, nobody's ever really dead. But anyways, you know, they sacrifice their lives for a greater calling. And that is what drives us, I believe, as a society. We want to be a part of a bigger movement. That's why we get passionate about politics. That's why we get passionate about global issues, is because we want to be a part of something bigger than just ourselves, because we know to our core, it's in our DNA, that we are a part of something that's bigger than just ourselves. The reason why I love this is because I, as a kid, and as growing up, I was like, man, I want, I want to die a martyr. I want to, I want to give everything I have to this movement of, of Jesus and in all honesty, that's why, I, I don't know anybody that really knows my story, but I've been to about 16 different countries on mission trips. I used to lead, or, lead uh, mission trips for organizations all over the world before I came here. And in that, I was like, I just, I want to die preaching the gospel. And a wise man, one of my other mentors, brought me aside and he asked, Jared, what do you want to do? And I was like, man, I want to preach the gospel until I die. I want to be preaching the gospel while I'm dying, you know, and... He said, well, God didn't ask you to die. He asked you to live. Gut punch. And I was like, how the crap do I live for God? It's easy to die for God. That's the easy part. But can you live for God? 
you know, it, it talks in scriptures about how our bodies are a living sacrifice for him. A living sacrifice, not a dead sacrifice. How we need to be, it's when we are truly alive and how Christ has not just brought us life, but life to the fullest. This is what Stephen is experiencing, even in the midst of all this junk that's going on, is he is experiencing life to the fullest. Because he gets it. He understands what's going on. He sees the bigger picture. And he has honestly put his needs aside. Just so you know, it might be a little shorter message than Aaron does because I have like an eternal clock of 15 minutes. Even practicing some of my sermons with Ryan and and Aaron, they're like, Dude, you are on the clock every time. And even if I add or take out, I'm always on the clock. I don't, I don't get it. But anyways, so church project. Everyone is promised pain at some point in their life. In the Psalms, it says that we will return to the dust because we were brought from the dust. We'll all experience pain some way, some form. Sometimes it feels like the world is against you. But I'm, a- I'm, I'm asking you guys, keep pushing. Keep going. Keep your head up. Keep your knees high. Continue this race that God has put you on. You have people that care about you. This church, the reason why we start coming was because I saw how much everybody cared about everybody. It's evident. That's why I love Church Project. The fact that we could go to another church and care for total strangers is awesome. The fact that I see you guys throughout the community getting coffee, doing whatever, caring for strangers. It's awesome. We get it. But I'm telling you guys, for those who don't get it, let's corral them and say, we care for you. We're here for you. You don't have to go through pain alone. We are a community. We are here for you when you're struggling, and we will throw a party when it's worth it. I like parties. I like the food. The food at, for those who missed St. Paul's road trip, the food there, oh my gosh, that was food from heaven. Kid you not. It was awesome. And for those who cooked some of that food, good job. <laughs> so, but I'm telling you guys, we're a part of a bigger church. We're a part of this movement, and Stephen is at the front force of this movement that is now happening as the church. It's no longer just Jesus and his pals. It is now something that's happening that's lasting for eternity. I can promise you guys this. When you feel like nobody has your back, I know God does. I know he does. I know it because I've experienced it. When I feel the world against me, I know God's there. Sometimes it doesn't... Okay, let me rephrase. Sometimes in the middle of that, I don't see God. I don't feel God. But then looking back, I'm like, oh my gosh, he is totally there. He was there the whole time. I know he has plans for you. 
I know he has a future for you. And not just to, you know, do mediocre things. We are extraordinary people meant for extraordinary things. And um, because when we, we feel like we're at the worst of times, I urge you guys to push through, to keep on going and understand that God is with you and the movement of the church, the gates of hell can't prevail because you have no idea who you might influence today. Thank you. Thank you.